You've heard me talk about Tacovas, the company carrying on all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. Well, longtime listener Jeremy emailed me to say, Zabe, I was on a work trip to Austin, knew about Tacovas from the podcast, stopped into the store. Next thing you know, I've got a damn good pair of boots and I'm looking sharp with a nice buzz to boot. Giddy up. Tacovas believes in Western for all. And you can feel that when you stop in one of their stores and get custom fitted for a new pair of boots. If you can't make it into the store, Tacovas delivers the most premium quality and the most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit Tacovas.com. That's T E C O V A S.com and point your toes west. And as a special opportunity for our listeners, Tacovas has said they will throw in one of their best-selling trucker hats or ball caps for free into any minimum purchase of $100 at Tacovas.com. Just use promo code ZABE, that's promo code Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, at checkout. It's a $30 value, and they sell out fast. Only at Tacovas.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Four man rush. Love. End zone. Intercepted. Good night. Picked off by Amik Robertson. One takeaway over four games. Three tonight. For that defense of the Raiders. Game over. Raiders snap a three-game losing streak. They're two and three, as are the Packers. This is the ZabeCast. From the mean streets of McLean, Virginia, to the Harvard of the West, UC Santa Barbara. You got 30 minutes for some honest conversation about sports, life, and more? Well, good. Buckle up, and let's go! Tuesday, October 10, 2023. Thank you for downloading Solo Ride tonight with yours truly. And unlike many editions of this podcast, the result of the Packers and the Raiders was not too late for today's edition. You should be hearing my recap inserted after the game goes final right about now. So there you heard it, the final call to start the podcast of the Raiders holding off the Green Bay Packers at Allegiant Stadium, a.k.a. the Death Star, where I was not tonight, and that's okay. Someday I'll go to a Raider game there. Someday I'll go to maybe a Packer Raider game there, but it was not tonight, and that's a good thing because you can hear my voice cracking a little bit there. Probably would crack even more if I was at the stadium screaming, at Joe Barry to not try to cover Devontae Adams with defensive end Preston Smith. This one of the many head-scratching, gobsmacking, totally infuriating things about this loss 
for Packer fans. Final score, Raiders 17, Packers 13. Hey, how about that, kids, that made it to this edition of the Zabecast? Unimaginative game plan on offense for the Packers. Inexplicable scheme glitches on D. You know, Barry had done a good job scheming up a zone and combination coverages to keep Devontae Adams in check. But then, for some reason, it's like, Let's see if Preston can cover it. No, he can't actually. What? What? Why are we doing this? Max Crosby was the game wrecker. Only had one sack, but he had a lot of pressures. Blew up a lot of plays. Got into passing lanes. He was the one guy the Packers had to account for. A couple times they did a good job, even though they're dedicating a tight end to chip and a tackle to make sure they've got him. They sent two tight ends at Max Crosby on one play on one of the sacks on the on his one sack of the game and both tight ends didn't get the job done. Jordan Love with a three-pick game and yes all of them will be charged to his account. The first one easily the worst throw of his career so far, a colorblind play that says, "Wait a minute. What you didn't see all those black jerseys right there in the way?" Uh the second one a good Pop away by Marcus Peters, the wily veteran, and a pop-up ball that was picked. And then the third one that ended the game, a bit of a late throw, maybe underthrown. Yes, Christian Watson at six foot five should out fight five foot eight Amik Robertson on that play. But he didn't, and he couldn't, and that was that. Watson looked devastated on the bench afterwards. I think he knows that he has to make a play on that, a more forceful play to at least keep him alive, to give him a fourth down and 10. But overall, disappointing loss. These are two meh-minus teams at best. I think the reality is starting to sink in for Packer Nation. Yes, they're 2-3, and three, but they're 1-3 and three since beating the pathetic Bears, and it probably should be 0-4 since they got kind of a miracle win against the Saints. And it took Derek Carr getting hurt, to help them along the way. The season, I think, has taken a dark turn. So, that said, Jordan Love, three-pick night, can't excuse putting on ever any scheme, any formation, any wrinkle that has Preston Smith out in the slot covering, to me, makes no sense. But uh, the Packers are apparently going to be stuck with Joe Barry for at least through the end of this year, and then he is not coming back next year that it's it's unsellable to the fan base for him to return so then you have to ask the question well if that is the reality why not make the move now you're not going to totally change schemes not mid-season so it may not get a lot better but maybe you can iron out these glitches that leave guys like Preston Smith on the most dangerous wide receiver in the game even when he is hurt which he was for this game Whole lot of A.J. Dillon, uh, but the the lack of an effective and or dynamic RB3 or RB4 or practice squad guy. I'm talking a guy with some burst, some wiggle. May not be the greatest back ever, but these backs are out there. Seems like every team has them. They played a Neanderthal style of football. Both teams did, really. I mean, the box score looks pretty darn even, all, all things considered in every stat category, but... A.J. Dillon up the middle repeatedly, I know that some tough guys will swoon over that and say, yeah, that's football the way it should be. Boring. And is not going to win you many games. 
The fact that you don't have this running back, can't find a running back like this, isn't stashed away on the practice squad somewhere is a Goody problem. And on Goody, I trust. And I think he's doing a phenomenal job as GM. But this is the one area that he let get away from him. The lack of a good, dynamic backup running back. Or even RB3. They've got a throwback in A.J. Dillon. Nice guy. Huge thighs. He's now a children's author. They did a piece on that in the preseason or in the in the pregame to this telecast. And you're not going to win running him up the middle 20 times in a night. Let's see what his final numbers were. I'm looking at the box score right here. Uh, 20 for 76 and a touchdown for Dylan. Good touchdown. 20 for 76, 3.8 average. Eh. Jacobs, 20 for 69, three and a half yard average, one touchdown. Same, same. Jordan Love, 16 to 30 with the three picks. Uh, had a long of 77, total 182 yards. Let's take out that one long pass to Watson, which was on a completely messed up coverage. And I, before you scream at me, that's unfair, you can't take that away. I always take away a single big play to get a better idea of how was this player's night. And it's not just that I'm picking on Jordan Love. I'm just, I do this all the time with with players. Take away one play and then tell me what kind of night did he have. You take away that 177-yard touchdown pass or 177-yard pass that was almost a touchdown, but Peter smartly horse-collared Watson at the five, and they held him out, held him to a field goal. By the way, terrible play calling on those three downs inside uh, the six. That's the first time all year I believe the Packers have not scored a touchdown in a goal-to-go situation. I think they had been nine for nine, according to the TV. I'll have to check that. But without that one completion, Love is 15 to 30 for 105 yards and three picks. Absolute debacle. The Jordan Love haters from August, like Adam Scheid, will be crowing on Mon- on Tuesday. So be prepared for that. Luke Musgrave led the Packers with catches, six for 34. Uh, Watson had three for 91, including the big one. Otherwise, only three of the receivers caught a ball, wide receivers that is. That'd be uh, Wicks, Reed, and Dobbs. They had probably as many drops as they had catches. The rest of them not going to get it done. Jacoby Myers uh, was benefit of uh, all the Adams' attention. Seven catches for 75 and a touchdown. Adams had four for 45 and came alive at just the right time to help lead him to the go-ahead touchdown. And other than that, everything else was pretty much even. I mean, a 5'8 guy in Robertson who was on the verge of being cut by the Raiders this summer. I looked it up, some of the headlines. He was a fourth-round pick a couple years ago. He's been underperforming. Comes up with the play of the game. And there you go. So the Packers are 2-3 and three going into their bye. They're going to keep Joe Barry because they're a nice franchise that doesn't do mean things, and firing a coach would be a mean thing. And I know that uh, LaFleur swears by them, but they're not going to do that. They're going to take the bye week, hopefully get healthy, hopefully get that hamstring on Aaron Jones right. Funny, because it was just a bite. Remember that? Week one against the Bears. Oh, he left the game. He could have come back in. It's just a little bite of the hamstring. It's now been a four-week journey that has been a disaster. Excuses, if you want excuses, there's excuses out there all around. Bottom line is, bad football against a meh minus, if not bad team themselves in the Raiders. And it's going to be a long, long swim, I think, for this team right now 
to get to week 18 for the Packers. Going to be, as my dad used to warn me sometimes, a very spiritual Christmas if you're a Packer fan. That was code for don't expect a lot of presents. Of course, as a kid, I always got plenty of presents. That was my dad's way of lowering expectations. Week five in the NFL is now officially a wrap. On with the rest of the podcast. So now that the game is over, week five is in the books. Question, how you doing on betting football this year? Do you need a little boost? How about my bookie with an extension of the 110% deposit match on your first deposit? That's right. My guys at my bookie have said, you know what? It went so well in week one. Let's do it again. Get in, get 110% on your first deposit. Go to mybookie.ag. Make sure to use promo code Zabe. Please make sure to use promo code Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo. Um, The season is now in front of us. We got a good feel for who's good, who's bad, everything else. Let's get in there and make a little bit, bit of coin, a little bit of scratch for the holidays, huh? And start with the promo code Zabe and my bookie and get 110% back where you can bet anything, anytime, anywhere, and most importantly, get paid for my good friends at mybookie.ag, mybookie.com. Just Google search my bookie. It'll all take you there. Timothy Markle says commercials in podcasts. Zabe, I love the podcast. Totally understand. You don't want to interrupt the conversation with your guests, but the hard cuts to loud commercials are very jarring. I have not stopped listening, but yes, it is scrubbing speed, as you like to say. Most, if not all of your guests are seasoned radio vets, so I'm sure they would be fine with you saying something like, okay, we got to take a break. We'll be back shortly right after this. And then you can insert the commercial there. I need to do that more. I'm going to do that here today on the podcast. The volume difference as well between Andy and Jay and the ad is almost always off, so it results in a bad experience for the listener. I do need to investigate that. Uh, The ads are cut. They're sent to my guy. They're uploaded to the system. I got to find a way to make sure that they are audio leveled, so just give me a day or so to work on that. But thank you for your feedback. I do appreciate it. Let's go back to Sunday night for a second as the Niners just went through The Dallas Cowboys like shit through a tin horn, as Nick Saban would say. That's an expression, oh, by the way. I don't know the origins of it. I would like to find out more on the origins of it. It's such a great line. Um, Here it is. Oh, there's, oh, this is a safe version of shit through a tin horn. And they run through our ass like shit through a tin horn, man, and we could not stop them. We could not stop them. Is there? There's a longer version of this. Saban tin horn clean. Saban tin horn not clean. Uh, you all don't remember the Georgia Southern game, do you? There it is. I don't think we had a guy on that field that didn't play in the NFL, and about four or five of them were first-round draft picks. And I think that team won a national championship, but I'm not sure. <laughs> and they run through our ass like shit through a tin horn, man, and we could not stop them. Could not stop them. Could not stop them. Ugh. <laughs> That loss for Cowboy fans had to be demoralizing, had to be eviscerating in a karmic sense, in a what are we even doing? My poor friend, Cowboy Mike, out there in Scottsdale was texting with me during the game. And I think this pretty sums up, pretty much sums up the state of affairs. 
I started by, of course, piling in on Dak Prescott. I said, Dak sucks. Has anyone pointed this out yet? (laughs) Of course, everyone points this out. He doesn't really suck. He's just not that good. And so given the fact he's been paid up to the market value and beyond, and that he's good but not great is so frustrating, I'm sure, for Cowboy fans. My guy Mike says, Dak is okay, but he ain't Romo. This is an L. This is in the first quarter. If we had 2014 Romo, we win this game. P.S. Jerry is the real villain. Then there's that boob McCarthy. He is useless. I said the defense is amazing, such a waste. I just get frustrated at Dak's lack of basic pocket pocket awareness. Yeah, Dak seriously can make some plays, but he's not consistent enough, says Mike, and he didn't have the Romo magic, but then again, few did. Romo's career was wasted by shitty coaching and bad defense. Shame on you, Jerry. I then made a point as I was watching a good bit of the Chiefs-Vikings game, and this is not breaking any news to anybody, but watching Mahomes and thinking about Mahomes made me come to the conclusion although maybe this has not been measured yet they should he's got to be the fastest backwards runner in the league like at full backpedal he gets out of Mahomes does Mahomes gets out of impossibly high numbers of minus plays and disaster plays And then because of his ability to improvise, sidearm, lob balls at the last second, run up to the line of scrimmage, uh, pretend like he's going to do this, shimmy shake, juke, and all this other stuff, he makes the defense just scramble and not figure out what's – you don't know what's coming on. He's a a magician. Again, I'm not breaking any news here, but that's the unicorn the whole league is chasing. That the whole league, every owner is like, oh, man, if we just had one of those. Winning with a good to above good to lower G great quarterback is apparently not even an option anymore in the NFL, or no teams have figured out that model. It's all unicorn chasing, and Dak Prescott ain't it. I then said, Kirk is the exact opposite of Mahomes. He escapes virtually nothing. If the pocket is clean, He's going to operate your offense with very good efficiency. Throw a lot of balls right on target, nowhere to go with it, but he escapes nothing. I then said Dak is the blackish Kirk. To which Cowboy Mike says, Dak is way better than Kirk, but he's also not in Mahomes' league. I then went to statspros.com, which does good career side-by-sides. And if you look at Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins stats comparisons, I mean, they are virtually exactly the same down the line. To which I know you're going to say, but there's more to it than that. Dak was a better runner prior to his ankle getting blown up. Okay, that's a decent enough argument, but running has always been a bonus in the NFL at quarterback. It's a passer's league. It's a 2.4 seconds and get the ball out of your fucking hands league to the right person at the right time, do it 50 times a game sometimes and try not to make any mistakes. Tough position, impossible position. Mike goes, you forgot the eye test. Okay, fine, he's Kirk. I then said, sorry, tough night. He replied, and I didn't have the heart to try to 
soothe nor respond to this. His last note to me, Cowboy Mike, was hopeless. Another lost year. At least Jerry is one year closer to the grave. But then again, so am I. Oh, man. Ouch. That right there. (laughs) I feel for you, buddy. Brock Purdy continues to amaze. 17 to 24, 252, four touching, four passing touchdowns, no picks. He has no picks on the year so far. A 144 passer rating last night against this Cowboy defense. Niners have now scored 30 plus points in eight straight regular season games, and Purdy is 10 and 0 as a regular season starter. Mr. Irrelevant. I'm not saying he's not really, really, really good. I won't say great yet. I just don't know how he would look on, say, the Commanders or the Jets or any other team that's got issues with protection or lack of all these talented players he's got. He's just, he's hopped into a very fast stolen car and he is driving it like he stole it, which is a fun-ass thing to watch. Can it sustain? Will it sustain? Don't know. Maybe he is the next Brady. Maybe he's just that good. He processes a split second faster. His accuracy is a double plus. His arm is good enough. Not great, but good enough. God, he was throwing some effing dimes out there. But then again, the speed and talent of that wide receiving core and Kittle when healthy, it's enough to end McCaffrey. It's enough to pretty much bend and break and stretch out any defense in the league. In the NFC, it's the Niners and the Eagles. The Lions will be interesting. The Cowboys will be in there when it's all said and done in the playoffs to fill out the bracket. And that's pretty much it in terms of interest in the NFC. In the AFC, it's the Chiefs and whoever can get their shit together faster. The Bills, the Bengals, or the Dolphins. And I'm okay with it. If the best teams are going to be the best teams again this year, so be it. We'll see what shakes out. Last ad from the game on Sunday night. There was a little cutaway to Brock Purdy's parents who happened to own a hot tub store in Mesa, Arizona. Melissa Stark's report prompted Chris Collinsworth to ask the all-important question of, How many days do you need a year with a hot tub down in Mesa, Arizona? This is open on Sundays. They've owned a hot tub store in Mesa, Arizona for the last 25 years. And on game day, if they can't find someone to work at the store, they put up this sign which reads, gone to watch a football game. It has Sean's phone number on it, so when people text about purchases, he just says, sorry, I'm busy today. My my son plays for the Niners. It was nice of you to keep the number out, but you can go look him up in Mesa if you want to buy a fantastic spot from him. Second down, Brock throws, the pass open. First of a couple of shy of the first down is... Jordan Lewis, Marquise Bell, bring him back. How many days a year do you need a hot tub in Mason? (laughs) Right? (laughs) 
Uh, I guess business is good. We're trying to help them sell hot. No, I got it. Yeah, I so got it. It gets go get in there. Yeah, yeah. right. Cool, cool really mites. Yeah, go, that's go, true. Go. Yeah. Yeah. Right, so go, so go get them. You know? <laughs> I agree that the obsession with Purdy's parents has become a bit much now. But you understand the catnip that is a, you know, uh, underdog story, regular Joe guy, parents who have a rather everyday kind of life, and them wanting to play that up. Plus, the game was a blowout at that point, so there you go. I'd imagine the hot tubs in Arizona turn into cold tubs or cool tubs in the summer, if you can possibly keep one of those, excuse me, cool during the hot summer. Plus, you got a lot of retirees, so the whirlpool's probably ni- nice and soothing on your back and everything else. I wonder how long it is before he can go ahead and retire from selling hot tubs, or if he ever will retire from hot tubs. Maybe he shouldn't. Do the Chiefs get all the calls? No, but they're getting a lot of them that are very fishy looking. In the Viking game late, there was a possible P.I. call that was thrown as a flag as P.I. then picked up after consultation by the referees. This stuff happens. From time to time, I'd say it's fairly rare. I think the rate of flags that get picked up off the ground and then the refs go, nah, never mind, is only 2 out of 10, maybe less than that. Usually when a flag falls, the flags stand. They're going to stick with their call. But PI not being reviewable anymore, thank God for that. Talk about a failed experiment, that was. They conferred about it and said, nah, it wasn't quite PI. I thought the call was 50-50. You could have made a case for it, but overall I thought, okay, I can live with that. The problem is the Chiefs DB in protest, once he saw the flag came down, ripped off his helmet and then began lobbying his case to the side judge. That's a 15-yard penalty. Now, technically, it would be applied because it was a turnover on downs if they pick up the flag, which they did, and it would be applied on the Chiefs' you know, uh, spot of possession. So it would still be Chiefs ball, but it would have set them back further. People point this out when I go, how come they didn't throw a flag for helmet off on the field? They then show the replay of the side judge telling the player, hey, put your helmet back on. So while I understand that it would have not materially affected the outcome of the game, it's troubling to me that a referee is there to tell the Chiefs player, hey, put your helmet back on. I would imagine that's not what the league coaches their referees to do. You're supposed to call the penalties as they're on the books. T.J. Watt got a penalty for this, taking his helmet off on the field after a sack fumble that ended the game, essentially, in the Pittsburgh-Baltimore game. And it affected their field position, but it didn't matter because they were going to take knees anyway. See that, Mario Cristobal? You take knees. Ding dong. You got to throw the flag. So to me, the fact that they told the Chiefs player, hey, put your helmet on, and that they got a P.I. call late against the Jets in prime time that was every bit as 50-50 as this one, it's a bad look. It's a bad look. That said, this tweet from Brett Coleman, he says, so let me get this straight. Calling the Chiefs on 10 penalties for nearly 100 yards, more than double the Vikings, is that what rigging the game for them looks like? Oh, Brett, my friend, you fall into the fallacy of the total conspiracy. Total conspiracies are never really necessary and are seldom, if ever, 
deployed. It requires too much planning, too much to go right, too many people to know what the deal is, etc., etc. What happens is leagues that want certain teams to make it in the playoffs or to win a game, they put their thumb on the scale. It's not grand conspiracy time, it's thumb on the scale. Thumb on the scale at just the right time to go, okay. And I'm not saying the Chiefs are getting that. I'm saying it's worth watching the rest of the way because I don't like the look of the referee telling the player, put the helmet back on. The Broncos are a complete dumpster fire. Everyone knows this, no shock. I forgot, though, they gave up draft picks, not just for Russell Wilson, who's actually having a half-decent year statistically. Pretty good year. But they gave up draft picks for Sean Payton. Total draft picks surrendered for both Russell Wilson and Sean Payton. Three firsts, three seconds. One-fifth, Wilson's got $165 million guaranteed on a five-year deal worth 245 total. And Sean Payton is making $20 million a year. Five years, $100 million. Of course, you can fire him and eat that, but man, would that be a big old sandwich to choke on. All of this to be one and four and to have the coach that you mocked, Nathaniel Hackett, and the team you called the, quote, off-season champions, the Jets, come into your building and beat your ass and run all over this defense. Tough times in Denver. For the second straight year, the Arizona Coyotes will play in a 5,000-seat college arena. Oh, why is that? Are they building them a new stadium in uh, Phoenix? No. The team still doesn't have a long-term home in Arizona, but they have not moved yet. The NHL says they're confident that Coyotes will, quote, finalize something (laughs) in the coming months. Yes, we hope they finalize something. We're not sure what, but we hope it's something that's like a real stadium. I actually wouldn't mind seeing a genuine bona fide NHL game in a tiny little bandbox stadium uh, because you're much closer to the action. It would seem kind of intimate, like seeing one of your favorite musical artists in one of those intimate settings, limited seating. Maybe I'll have to get out there and watch a game this year. I've read and I know a little bit about the ping pong nature of uh, they're here on this side of town, the east side of town. They're on the west side of town. They're up in Glendale. They're here. They're here. Uh, you would think there'd be enough snowbird retirees from the north and even from Canada to support a hockey team in Arizona, but they got to get a stadium deal first. Okay, let's take a quick break for these crass commercial messages, which may be at a louder volume than what I am at right now. So please be careful. Adjust your volume accordingly. We're working on the problem, and we'll be back with more of the Zabecast right after this. You know, we're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't help you just hire faster. 93% of employers agree. Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This according to a recent Indeed survey. 
Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Zabe. Just go to Indeed.com slash Zabe right now and support the show by saying you heard about it right here on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Zabe. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If 2024 is the year you're jetting off to a new country, or even just want to expand your language skills beyond English, then I urge you to check out Rosetta Stone today. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program for over 30 years. Why? Because it works. Instead of drilling vocabulary words, with Rosetta Stone you learn by matching audio, from native speakers to visuals, reading stories, participating in dialogues, and other practical language skills that fast-track your ability to communicate fluently. Not only is it a more effective way to learn, it's more fun. Rosetta Stone's advanced voice recognition technology gives you feedback on how well you pronounce words. Other language learning apps use speech recognition to detect what you said. Rosetta Stone tells you how well you said it. Rosetta Stone offers 25 languages with lessons available on your computer, phone, or tablet. And with a lifetime membership, you get forever access to all the lessons for all the languages and never pay a renewal fee. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, ZabeCast listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Just because the NFL season is now firmly in the rearview mirror does not mean the betting season is over. Oh, no, 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 no. There is still plenty of opportunities to put a little something-something on the games. The NBA, college basketball, NHL, yes, golf. No matter what tickles your fancy, there is still plenty of action to whet your appetite. But just remember, where you bet is every bit as important, if not more so, than what you're betting on. That's why I tell my friends to go to mybookie.com. A-G. Oh, but my state just approved it. There's a big DraftKings fan duel, whatever. No, 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 no. Johnny come latelys. My bookie has been ahead of the game for years now. And why does that matter? Oh, I don't know. In a million ways. Better lines, better payouts, less rules. You name it. Plus, you get a bonus with me at mybookie.ag. Use promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, and have your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. Now, make sure you read the rules on payouts regarding bonus wagering. It does require certain levels of wagering to collect your money, but if you just want to bet straight up, you don't want the deposit, you want to make a one-time bet for a million dollars, win it, and then walk away, Fine, you can do that as well. That's a free cash bonus for making your deposit. Use promo code ZABE to claim the offer. Bet, win, and most importantly, get paid with my bookie today. And we're back. Stat of the day. I think it's real. They don't list a source on this. My golf spy on Twitter says, just a reminder that between 2004 and 2006, 
Tiger Woods had 1,466 putts inside of three feet. He missed only three. (laughs) For every one of us that plays this maddening game that knows that, hey, a two and a half footer, a two footer is missable on a slick side hill lie or perhaps with a little bit of bumps or other imperfections in the green or just getting lazy or sloppy or having a moment which the sunscreen gets in your eye. 1,466, he missed three of them. There are some videos that came out this week of him hitting little pitch shots at the par three pitch and putch course up at Pebble Beach called the Hay, which he helped design. I don't think they look very encouraging nor impressive. His leg, his injured right leg, which is lucky to still be on the end of his his leg, is looking frail and weak and wobbly to me, to my eyes. But I've been burned too many times betting against Tiger's comebacks along the way, so I'm going to sit this one out. He's supposed to play in the upcoming Hero World Challenge in early December in the Bahamas. So if you're a Tiger fan, you can be hopeful for that, but I would keep your expectations low. Tech update, cutting the cord. I think I'm ready. I've got Starlink now. It's working really good. I keep testing the speeds all the time. Speedtest.net, shout out to you. The speeds seem to vary wildly from day to day and day part to day part. I am getting at times, if it's early in the morning and nobody seems to be on the internet nodes that my Starlink antenna shares, over 200 megabits per second. To which I know you're going to say, well, I get 600 up and 200. I get 600 down, 200 up all day, every day. I'm on fiber. Good for you. You're talking to a guy that's lived on 5 to 10 at most megabits per second downstream for a long time here off the grid. So I'm delighted by this even if it only pumps out at 40 to 50 megabits per second downstream, that's still glorious. Starlink is insanely easy to set up, very user-friendly, simple, elegant, brilliant. It almost feels like it's an Apple product in its simplicity. That said, I have a question for people regarding streaming. So I'm testing three streams at once, to see how the picture looks in the five-hour energy dome so I can finally call DirecTV and say, hello, time for you to come pick up all your boxes and your stupid dish, because I'm out. And I noticed that my Apple TV that I used for the center projection screen looked very good. The Roku streaming device on the right TV looked excellent, but the Amazon Fire Stick on the left TV looked like shit. And I'm thinking, it looks like it's not getting as much bandwidth throughput, so it's crippling the image and crippling the stream, and it's not, you know, it's just not very good. Is it possible it's not catching as much of the Wi-Fi as the other two streaming sticks? I would doubt that'd be the case. Is it something with the internal hardware or software of the Amazon Fire Stick that delivers a lesser experience. Do I have to go into the settings for the Fire Stick and say, give me the best quality video at all times? If anyone knows, let me know. I do believe Roku's got a much better, simpler interface on its device, which I'm holding right here. And I am proud to say I finally figured out why does Roku put a weird cloth 
tag, almost like a garment tag, like on a shirt, on the bottom of its remote control. And then I looked, I squished it, I go, oh, wait a minute, it's it's not a tag, it's hollow. It's a looped thing that says Roku on it. I bet it so you can then lace some kind of necklace or some kind of leash on this remote in case you wanted to have it hanging around you. I don't know why, make a necklace out of it. Where's my TV remote? It's on my necklace. So I think I'm going to go with all Roku's uh once I figure out, is this a actual Amazon Fire Stick thing or not? Tech update part two, new watch. Who dis? Yes, I've upgraded to the Apple Ultra 2, and I love it. I love it, I love it, I love it, I love it. I was a bit hesitant at first, like, I don't know if I want a big, bulky watch like this. How's it going to feel? I got the Alpine Loop Band in sort of olive drab, which somehow works for me visually. I like the look of it overall. And it's only a little bit bigger than the other Apple Watches, screen real estate-wise. It is a little bit brighter, but it makes a difference. The speaker is definitely louder, which makes a difference. Text message alerts vibrate more strongly. They are louder so I can hear them. That's all good. It's got this cool orange action button on the side. You can program to do various things. I've got a program to be my virtual flashlight, which is just a plain white screen on the phone. Bright enough that certainly at night, when you don't want to disturb your significant other, just turn that on, get up, go take care of whatever it is you got to take care of. It's good stuff. And I find the band to be very comfortable. Even though it's bulky, I'm wearing it all day more, much more than my other Apple Watch. I couldn't be more happy about it if I tried. So for those of you thinking, do I upgrade to the Apple Watch Ultra or Ultra 2? My my feeling is and my experience is, oh, hell yeah, definitely do it. Finally, let's end on this today. Say hello to getting old and stiff, and say hello to the QL muscle. What is the QL muscle? Well, it's the quadratus lumborum. I learned about this muscle because suddenly I was like, ah, why does it hurt to get up? Ooh, how come it was a sharp pain just bending over about 15 degrees at the waist? Hey, how come walking is now difficult? This muscle is fascinating, as I did some Dr. Google searching. It's pretty much a muscle that's buried inside of your back. It's underneath all of your other back muscles. And it's attached to the top of your hip. And that also attaches to your rib cage. I learned that apparently it is also crucial in pulling down your bottom rib of your rib cage when you take a deep breath to really pull open and expand your rib cage to allow you to get a deep breath. And they apparently say this is a very difficult thing, difficult muscle if you injure it or it gets tight to sort of relieve because it's kind of buried in there. There are stretches that can be done. I believe if you go to a good massage therapist, they know how to get after it. What I did though is I remembered, hey, I bought my wife a Theragun. For Christmas last year. The brrrr. I wonder if that thing would work. Of course, I went at it very skeptically thinking, this ain't going to do shit. 
So I went, put it on my back. Okay. Put it down, watched some more football, went to get up, and I'm like, oh, hey, that's actually a lot better. I think, and I can't prove it, therapy guns like this Theragun and others do work. They say that it helps to loosen up, stretch, soften, and break up scar tissue with a muscle that is injured. At least that's, again, what Dr. Google said. I quickly went down the rabbit hole on YouTube searching for, do therapy guns work? And the first result I got was, oh, hell yeah, we totally recommend them. This is with two physical therapists that had like a million plus followers. No production value in their videos, just two old guys, Bob and Frank or something like that. And they were they were singing the praises of these therapy guns. That was the first result on top, which of course we always watch and read the first result because we're slaves to the algorithm, right? I then read more and watch more and there was a lot more skepticism out there. A lot more people going, these therapy guns are bullshit. They don't do anything. They're not proven. There's no science behind it. There's no actual studies that prove it. Mm, No. All I know is it worked for me or I think it worked for me. So I'm going to keep using it. Any thoughts on the old QL, the quadratus lumborum? I'd love to hear from you. Thank you very much for chiming in. That is a wrap for today, tonight. Thank you very much for downloading. Thank you for the honest feedback to make this podcast better. I put the uh, commercial spots in an easy-to-slot break. I'm going to work on the volume level to make sure it's at a much better level of experience. You're going to thank me by opening an account at mybookie.ag. Take advantage of that double your deposit plus 10% special going on this week and this week only. Go to, Z- go to mybookie.ag and use promo code ZABE. And everything is going to be good in life. It's all going to work out. Thanks for listening. Tomorrow we got charge. Have a great Tuesday, everybody, and we will see you next time. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.